What up, y'all? This is Dre with Build 206, Build 206 Media. We're here today uh, doing this show called The Collective Network, where we're sharing amazing black folks in the community that are doing amazing things so people can tap in and learn a lot what's going on in the community. So today, I got one of the brothers that's been doing amazing work all over the place. Uh, his name is Curtis Calhoun. So I see him back in the studio. So I'm going to bring him on, have him join us, and we're going to get into this conversation. What's up, brother? What up, Dre? How you doing? I'm all right, man. I'm trying to trying to stay COVID free in a world full of COVID. <laughs> oh, that's it. Anytime anybody asks me how I'm doing, I say we still got a job and I'm COVID free. So those are the, uh, the kind of the benchmarks for today. Right, for real, for real. How are you? I'm good, man. Doing good. All right, we appreciate you joining us and sharing some of the great things that you're tapped into, um, so people can tap into the things that you're doing. So we're just going to jump into the questions. The first question is really a softball question, you know, for, you know, kind of just tell, tell folks a little bit about, a little bit, <laughs> tell folks a little bit about yourself, you know, like, you know, this, yeah. whatever you want to share about yourself. Okay. Uh, lifelong Seattleite, born and raised here on North Beacon Hill, uh, married uh, to a lovely uh, woman, uh, have uh, five kids, 10 grandkids, uh, do community work and kind of started that work back in 2010. Uh, my brother and I, uh, blood brother, started an organization grassroots called Brothers Building. And uh, what we wanted to do as we got older and got into different systems and success systems and things like that, we wanted to be able to share some of that stuff because uh, we realized we didn't get that at home growing up. So we wanted to share that with you um, that were growing up in homes maybe that didn't have that. So we started doing events. Uh, and got connected with uh, Y King and Africa Town, and, and it kind of took off from there. That's what's up. So that kind of segues into the next question about um, Brothers Building. I like that. I like that name. It's a dope name. <laughs> Appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so uh, tell us a little about the, the work that you are doing or have done in the community. Talk a little bit about what you've done with your brother, but you know, let's, yep. let's share, share kind of what you're tapped into now. Yeah. So uh, right now, uh, from the Brothers Building thing, like I said, I, uh, we were doing, we had brought in authors, we had brought in filmmakers, we previewed uh, one brother's documentary called Ghetto Physics, E. Raymond Brown. Uh, we brought in a couple authors from Atlanta, New York, and, and had them speak about success. It was called GPS to Success. From that, like I said, we met Y. King. Uh, from there, uh, we continued to do work with the Emoja Peace Center at the time, and then it kind of branched off to me eventually getting into a contract position with Africa Town Preservation and Development Association. So uh, I'm a project manager there, but I'm also uh, a community manager at the hub, uh, uh, business hub, which is called Black Dot there on 16th and Jackson. So uh, we do work uh, mainly around community engagement with the Emoja uh, Festival. It takes place every uh, year on the first weekend of August. So I've been coordinator for that over the past probably three out of the last four years. I've uh, been the lead project manager for that. Uh, doing work uh, around all the community events we do with the logistics and things of that nature. And then Black Dot, we do a weekly uh, mastermind group every Monday. We have for the last almost two and a half years now. Uh, and that's intended to bring small business owners and um, micropreneurs, solopreneurs, entrepreneurs together to be able to network, to be able to provide uh, access to resources, uh, to be able to um, increase our business acumen, to make us better business people and be able to thrive, not just survive through COVID or, or you know, the, the system that's uh, kind of against us, but be able to thrive in that system and be able to grow and expand, uh, be able to hire people from our community and, and branch out. So 
Uh, and then we provide at Black Dot as a shared co-working space. But during COVID, uh, we have uh, not been able to do that. We're looking forward to getting back to that. They just kind of opened up the phase three, uh, I think earlier this week, either yesterday or the day before. So we're looking forward to having people back in the space and having it activated. Uh, from that, we offered shared co-working space. Like I said, we offer space rental for events or uh, meetings. Uh, we have memberships for people who want to use the space to do work or, or things out of there. We offer copy and print service. We offer uh, address usage and post office box service. And something new that we're offering is event promotion. Uh, so that's kind of what we've been doing here lately. And then uh, on top of that, that's my nine to five, the day job. Uh, but then I'm also a performance enhancement coach. So uh, what I do is I help uh, busy professionals uh, create pathways to success while maintaining healthy connections to the things that are important to them and life and business. Our four main result areas are uh, mindset, behavior, performance, and then results. And it's all about getting results, just training our mind to be able to think in ways and create new habits and routines to be able to apply those and optimize it operate at our optimal level and then being able to produce the results in life that we want to manifest our determined ideas. That's what's up, man. You got a lot going on, man. So as you guys yeah. see, the links to Africatown Black Dot and Brother Calhoun's website is in the description. So you guys make sure you guys tap into those and reach out and get connected and, and make things happen. So we're going to transition a little bit to some some personal kind of questions like and uh, yeah. Look, look, just to look, just so folks can learn a little bit more about what makes us tick and how we're how we're processing things. So, yep. I want to ask who or what inspires you and why. Ooh, I have a lot of inspirations, but I would have to say my number one would be my grandmother on my paternal side, my my father's mother. Uh, when I was very young, my mother was brutally murdered in front of me. Uh, I have no conscious memory of it because I was that young. It's just no no conscious memory. But my grandmother, my father being like 19 or 20 at the time, wasn't prepared or equipped to be a single father and take care of, of me by itself. So um, my uh, paternal grandparents took me and, and, and somewhat adopted me uh, as their own. I became their youngest son at that point. And then um, uh, my grandmother was just a person always there kind of laying that foundation. She used to have something she called mother with. And, and I come to find out uh, over time that that means kind of like common sense or just that basic foundation of intelligence that uh, is important for um, life and success. Right. So she's the one who put kind of the foundation in me for everything. So I like to say everything good uh, in me comes from her and everything bad was something I picked up on my own along the way. You know, so but, yeah, she's she's definitely my greatest inspiration. Uh, but uh, I was thinking about this even before the uh, we jumped on. It's just I've been blessed to have mentors and people in my life along the way to drop jewels and gems and pass on certain things that I've uh, been able to, you know, take and, and uh, benefit from over time. I've always just had somebody there kind of to, to bless me in that way. Yeah. And it sounds like you're picking up the torch with that, with the work that you're doing and yeah. being able to provide space. And, you know, what did Tupac say? I may not be the one who changed the world, but I'm going to spark the spark the brain. I think if we all embody that, yeah, absolutely. More, you know, you just throw the pebble in the pond and watch the ripples just go. You know, absolutely. Plant those seeds. So, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry to hear about your mother. I, you know, that's you know, even like I said, you may not have memories of it, but I'm you know, sure there was an impact with that. So. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, a lot had to overcome and, and uh, personal demons and then you know just trauma that had to overcome you know over time. Yeah, and that's 
part of what this we're trying to do with build in general is just to provide safe space for black folks, especially black men and boys to share things that we've been through. Exactly. And then get things off our chest. But then also just to show like, even sometimes people may perceive us as leaders. Like we got all of our stuff together, but I think it's yeah. also a way to, you know, just let people know, like, you don't, you know, just it's, sometimes people think they got to have everything together before they get involved mm -hmm. in doing stuff. And that's not necessarily yeah. the case, you know, so. Yeah, that's funny you think of that because there's a post. I, I post something every day through social media, and that was the post yesterday. Imperfect action is better than no action at all, right? So right. we don't have to be perfect to get started to do something. Uh, we just got to get started. I mean, you don't make no shots you don't take, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you don't make no shots you don't take. But I, I appreciate you just being open and vulnerable and sharing some of those yeah. things that you know, it just understanding that's part of things. Everything that's happened to you make you who you are now, right? Absolutely. I mean, I know you're familiar with Black Stacks, right? The, yep. the local. Yeah. So one of their songs is um, it has the lyrics in there. I wouldn't change a thing because that would change everything. Right. And I really have embodied that. I really like who I am today. I like who I'm growing to be. I like the trajectory I'm on. Uh, and if I had changed something in my past, I probably wouldn't be this person. Right. And, I, you know, so I'm, I'm happy with who I am and the direction I'm going. So uh, all those things led to this. Yeah. So this this. This that's real. This next question is, I say it's a loaded question because so much happened. <laughs> so much has happened over the past year. So you can, you know, and I know you're tapped in with a lot of different things. So you can answer wherever you see fit. But there's so much okay. stuff that um, happened. But it's like, what do you think about everything that's going on in this time, like in this last year? Like, what do you, what do you think about everything that that's been transpiring? <laughs> right. Well, like, <laughs> well like, yeah. Where do I begin? So, like, like I said in the beginning, with the coaching, right? It all starts with mindset and how we perceive things, how we frame things. Because uh, there's a formula that I use: belief, thought, feeling, action. Right. So based on what we believe is going to determine and dictate how we think based on how we think and what we think is going to determine the feelings we have. And based on those feelings, it's going to kind of direct or inform the actions that we take. So uh, it's just really kind of wrapping your mind around it. You see a lot of people out there angry and frustrated. It's funny. There was a, a post on LinkedIn uh, yesterday and I responded to it. It had a, a picture of like the Disney princesses. And it had each princess and said, well, well you know, uh, this, uh, because we're not a terrorist, because we're Muslim, we're not, you know, a savage because we're a Native American, these things like this. But in every picture, they had the princess with like an angry look on her face, you know, reinforcing that uh, angry black woman or angry BIPOC person, you know, uh, stereotype that they have. And, and it really took away from addressing the issue. And when I uh, made a statement about that, I had quickly people jumping on and, and attacking uh, my comment. And I was kind of surprised and shocked by that. And most of the people didn't look like me. They were other people, and, but had the nerve in the, the, the comment to call me brethren and saying, how could you? I'm appalled. I'm angry. And it wasn't so much that, but we just have to be mindful that we control the narrative. Somebody else is controlling the narrative on that image where they have these angry looking women uh, because they're Disney princesses. And then these words in big, bold letters, savage or you know terrorist or whatever so what you do is you associate with your mind uh these things these people that look like this as those big words you know so we just have to be mindful uh, of how uh we let people control our narrative how we uh move the narrative forward and and working together because i think in uh, the malcolm x speech the ballot or the bullet uh he talked about being able to put all of our differences you know in the closet and putting those things aside and uh, being able to come together for that one common cause, which is black liberation. 
uh, and in the improvement of the quality of life that we live. And I think at this time, with all the organizations that are out there, I think everybody's doing great work. But sometimes I think uh, we think we're the only ones that can do uh, what we're set out now to do. And, and we can partner with people and, and, and do a greater job and have more effectiveness and be able to leverage uh, that collectiveness and unity. Yeah, that's that's real. The socialization, what you talked about is socialization, right? The images like we end up drinking, drinking the juice or living the lyrics or whatever you want to say. Exactly. Right? And part of that is one of my elders, Larry Evans, says like we're American descendants of slaves, right, are the only folks on the world who don't really know their history, like where they're from. You know, we say we're from Africa. Yeah. Africa is a continent with several countries yep. got different you know, like, like you know you say people don't say i'm asian they say yeah. Chinese, Vietnamese, and then there's certain cultures and things that yep. can balance out so they're listening to the same music uh watching the same movies and stuff that we do but sometimes it doesn't have the impact because they got that balance right they got they got something yep. like to snap snap them back so that's real well they see it through a different lens because they have a standard or a set of standards based on their culture which right. ours was taken away so we pretty much adopted the standard or the culture that you know from our oppressing or the person right. who set this system up in place against us. Or the people, like you said, are feeding, which is the same oppressive, the people mm -hmm. that are feeding us these images, right? You, yeah. It's, it's a deeper level of impact because, yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> so yeah, yeah that, that would be just to sharing what you're sharing and then for people to jump on you and be like, hey brother, and they ain't even, <laughs> you know. And, and, and the first thing I said on the post was, I agree with the, the graphic. I agree yeah. with what it's saying, you know, the message, but we have to be mindful, you know, being in business and looking at marketing. I have a sales and marketing background from when I went to school. Uh, you have to be mindful of the image because the image is a lot stronger than the words. The words are small print, but the image stays in our head. You know, we see things through pictures and that's how we, you know, our brain works is, is from, from pictures. When I tell you to think of a pink elephant, you don't think of P-I-N-K-E-L-E, -E, you know, you think of a pink elephant, you know, right. so you think of the image. So we got to be very careful, you know, with those graphics and, and the things that we share. Yeah, and then you talked about collaboration and partnership a bit too. And, and uh, you know, we started our nonprofit in 2018 uh, to get uh, access to additional resources to do the work that we do. And really our focus is bringing people together, especially in the face of gentrification, spending time with each other, building relationships, um, as, as well as doing events and activities and stuff. But really the nexus is really to have safe spaces for black folks to come together and share and, you know, and, 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 and grow and heal from some of the traumas that we've been through. Absolutely. Um, but what I've noticed um, there isn't really money to build partnerships and relationships. There's money where they want to know who you're partnering with, but there's not money for us to say, hey, you know, Dre and Curtis are going to go get an Airbnb and spend a weekend together and break bread and get to know each other and learn each other's stories. Not really resources to do those yeah. types of things. So when I'm talking to these funders, I'm like, why is that? You know, a lot of the funding is really about, I mean, you've been in the game long enough. This, it's really about fixing broken people. And then we're not the people aren't the problem. It's the systems that's the problem. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Because the and people so, aren't broken. It's the system that that's working uh, perfectly fine, you know, fine tune. That's uh, breaking us up. Yeah. Right. So I just feel like if there's more resources or people, you know, that are in, influential could start pushing the conversation with these funders and say, we need resources. <laughs> so we can put things on pause and not have to worry about everything around us and spend time with yeah. each other and build our relationships. That's the foundation. Yes. Then we got once we got equity in the relationship, then when something funky happens, because every relationship funky things happen, oh, now you got equity. Now you got yep. equity. Yeah. You know, but right now, if we go in a partnership and something funky happens, now we're at a deficit. Yeah. Now we're in debt, right? We don't have no equity yeah. in the relationship. So yep. I've really been pushing that, you know, with these funders, like, hey man, we need some resources just to spend time with each other and build relationships, break bread, 
you know, get get some of our common language together, see where where mm-hmm. it's hard. Like it's hard to even have capacity, as you know. Like it's yeah, you know, you'd be on the gas just trying to make things happen. So I, I appreciate you bringing up the fact around the partnership and collaboration because I do think you know a lot we're doing. That's kind of what the show is about. Like, there's a lot of resources yeah. out here. It's just how do we tap in and 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 make them happen. So and and that kind of transitions us into you know just with everything that we everything that's going on last year's crazy election cycle. I'm not even going to say the Black Lives Matter movement because it it it's it it's been a movement since we've been here, right? You know what I'm saying? This yeah. it's yeah. the media, you know, the civil rights movement was one thing, but there's there's been yeah. we've been riding on these guys. There's been there's been warriors and soldiers that have been pushing back Black Panthers yeah. and all that stuff that's been doing. It. It's just they get demonized through which they even demonized what's happened the last year. So with that, yeah, this crazy ass administration that just went out, you know. Yeah. We got a new administration that ain't too much better for us, but it's better than what we <laughs> That's another thing, right? I mean, you mentioned that, and I can't not say anything and, and just breeze past it, but it doesn't matter who's in office, right? The position is the position, and they're, it, remember, America functions like a corporation. Their job is to make sure the corporation is successful. Right. And, and they're not thinking about an individual group, and this is what we do when we go to the ballot box, is we take one issue as a human being, you know, personally, this is the issue that's important to me. Right. And as long as a person agrees with that issue, he got my vote or she got my vote. Right. Which it, it really can't be that way. It has to be comprehensive. And you have to look at everything that this person stands for and what they're going to do and do your values align with their values. Right. Because that's the right candidate that and most times, you know, they don't. But I mean, you, sometimes <laughs> you got to you know, pick the lesser of two evils or, or do the best you can. You know, yeah. I had somebody tell me uh, a while back. Um, you know, he just uh, votes on issues. He doesn't vote for the people, but if there's a bill or something coming up, you know, he'll he'll vote on that. But uh, we got to get out of that mindset of as long as, you know, this one thing I agree with you on, you got my vote. Yeah, and like you said, if people get tired of the lessons of two evils thing, right? We want, why, why yeah. we got to take any evil, right? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, exactly. But, but, that, but exactly. that's what it be. Yeah, it's, 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 yeah, and I mean, it's with everything that, the pandemic, you know, this is last year, Ben, which, which segues us into our next question, and you know, it's a real trendy thing right now, especially with uh, with a lot of communities, you know, the self-care, you know, how you taking care of yourself, those types yeah. of things, you know, self-love, yeah. you yeah. know, all that stuff. But, you know, as far as, as black folks, we may not engage in that as much, and especially as black men, a lot of times, you mm-hmm. know, we don't necessarily talk. So I wanted to make sure I included that question. And That's great. All, all the interviews that I'm doing, just if, if we're, because I know me personally, mm-hmm. I preach it, but I don't drink it like I should, you know what I'm saying? So Absolutely. The more I t- put it out there and talk about it, you know, I started actually doing like push-ups and sit-ups every day, doing 30 minutes Good. of coffee every day. Good. We're still trying to really do it. So I guess so. what I want you to do is share some ways that you have taken care of yourself during this mm-hmm. crazy time or just in general. Like what are things that you do? Yeah, that's good because that's something I ask people when I talk to them. As a coach, you're concerned about the people you talk to. So I ask them all the time, what are you doing for self-care? So for me, uh, I usually generally try to get up in the morning somewhere around 6 o'clock. I go for a, a walk. It's usually uh, two plus miles, uh, you know, just in the neighborhood around the house. Uh, I do a lot where I, I, I strive to put together what I call like an emotional toolkit where I have there's certain types of music I enjoy listening to. There's certain types of movie I like to watch. There's certain comfort foods that I, that I like to enjoy. Uh, and then I'm, I'm blessed, like I said, to have an amazing wife. Um, so there's times when I'll get, you know, into work and I'll be at the computer 10, 12 hours a day and she'll say, hey, come on, let's go for a walk or let's do this. Take, get outside. Let's take a breath. So I have that person in the house 
uh, and she uh, helps to remind me to take that self-care and allows me space to do that. But it's just doing those things you like uh, and enjoy uh, being around people that you like, having a phone conversation with somebody you like, things like that. Those are the things I indulge in. Yeah, that's what's up. And like I said, having that supportive partner is always uh, huge, always, always on point. So huge, uh, huge, huge. what advice would you give someone looking to get into community work? Ooh, it's not for the faint of heart. And I'm sure as you and the brothers at two, uh, Bill 206 know, uh, yeah. And you catch it from both sides, you know, and, and we love our people and, and you know, but sometimes they give you the business just like, you know, the oppressors give you the business or the colonizers, whatever term you want to use the people in the system. Uh, so so you have to be thick skin, have to uh, really focus on your intention and what you're striving to do. Uh, it has to be more than about the people because people will uh, can let you down. People can, you know, uh, uh you know, won't live up to your expectations. So it has to be about the change, the actual change uh, that you want and are willing to make and, and stay and focus on that. In the coaching that I do, I have something called True North. And as, as long as you always stay focused on True North, you're okay. So any actions uh, that take you toward uh, True North or the goal or whatever you have set up there uh, is good. Anything that takes you away, you want to be mindful of that and allow it, if it has to take you away, not take you too far away. But uh, staying focused and having a true north, something that uh, a cause or reason uh, beyond just uh, the people that you're you're wanting to help or support or serve. Right, right. Like brother Malcolm, what they when the Malcolm X video said, "This ain't no hustle, brother." You know, exactly. Yeah, people get in here thinking, "Oh, I'm gonna get me this grant. I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna do that." And I found out real quick with that brother's building. Yeah, we ain't gonna make no money. Yeah. You know, working for the community. It's not about that. We have to make our money somewhere else and focus our 100 percent energy on doing what's right for our people in the community. Right. What's right and what's righteous. That's what's up. Indeed. Indeed. So um, I, we got your contact info and stuff in the chat. But is there anything that you want to shout out, you know, just verbally? Uh, so, you know, we know as we know, people take in information differently. So I don't know if there's any sure. ways that way folks can get in contact with you, social media or websites. or anything. Oh, like yeah. On, on social media, so Instagram and Twitter, uh, my personal account is Curtis C, C-U-R-T-I-S-S-C-E-E. -E. And then we have Curtis Calhoun LLC, which is more the coaching and business uh, on both of those, Twitter and Instagram. On Facebook, it's pretty much the same thing. You can catch me uh, with those tags. And then um, the website, CurtisCalhoun.com, you know, uh, but yeah. So, yeah, make sure you guys check this brother out, man. He's doing amazing things. Uh, in the community. And I got one more question for you. And it's really a question for me. So it's like, do you, do you have any questions for me? I always, you know, we're, we're, you know, I want to make it equitable and make sure that yes. you have any questions for me. For yeah. So that's a good question. First, I want to say thank you for having me on. It's a, a, a honor and, and humbles me to, for you to ask me to be on the show and feel that I have something of value to contribute. So I, I appreciate that. I appreciate the work that you and the other brothers at Build 206 are doing. But my question for you is personally, and as an, uh, an advocate for Black Dot in Africatown, how can we best support uh, what you guys are doing and make sure you know the things that uh, you're doing, uh, we can, like I said, support in some sort of way? Yeah, I think, you know, personally, I think you do a lot of it. Like you guys are already sharing a lot of the stuff that we're posting and we try to share a lot of stuff that you guys are posting, King County Equity Now and you know, Black Elephant Party. But I think we're really good with, you know, trying to, make sure that so that you know is, is you know easy and then like i said just you know 
you got my number now locked in. Let's, you know, yeah. tapped in, you know, set up a time for us to go break bread. It's like I said, it's really about the relationships, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I think that that that's a way. And then I think it's, you know, looking at how we can collaborate and partner on events and activities. You guys got a lot, a lot yeah. going on over yeah. there. Uh, we're starting to build our capacity and, you know, and, and, and not only that, like, you know, a lot of our members are tapped into different, different <laughs> things. So it's like, you know, how yeah. can we collaborate and, and share the resources once again, but I think like a lot of it comes down to the relationship. So I think, you know, the first step is for us to say, Hey, let's set up a time to go on a walk and talk and yep. chop it up or, or, uh, or, you know, break bread and Love know, it. just look Love at how we can make it happen. So I'm all for that for sure. We can, we can hit the walk and then we can go up to uh, the communion and then break bread there at the communion with Christy. Love yeah, that. I, Sounds I'm like great. We're, we're, we're going to sketch. I'm going to hit you right there. We're done with this. We will lock something. We'll lock something down. So that sounds good. Any, any other questions for me? Um, so I know a little bit of your story, but what prompted you to get into this community work? What prompted me to get into community work is, you know, I grew up in the South End, uh, you know, ripping and running. And um, a lot of the older, I didn't have a dad, you know, my mom had five kids, raising five kids by herself, trying to go to school and, and work and everything else that comes with being a single mother. And, um, and you know, I didn't have that many positive male role models. I had a lot of like big homies and stuff like that. But when you, when you think about it, it's we thought they were looking up, but really they were, you know, putting me in traffic. They were having me do things that I thought was cool, but it really wasn't, right? And then I lost my brother uh, when I was 23. You know, I just had bought, I just had bought my first house, and I um, and I lost my brother, and I you know gotten very depressed for like a year, and then I started like like when I was like 24, I started volunteering. Uh, coaching at the community center. And then I started having time to like reflect on, you know, what was impactful in those programs like late night hang time, you know, those types of programs. And also I met a, a brother, Larry Evans, who uh, Seattle team for youth um, yeah. was a program that my brother was a part of. So he had came by my mom's house to pay his condolences. And then me and him kind of latched up me, him, Aaron counts, other folks are doing groups at the juvenile. And, you know, they wrote that book called reclaiming black manhood. Uh, so we, you know, I got a couple quotes in there. We all kind of worked on a project with yeah. that. Yeah. Um, and then it just, you know, I got linked up with Mary Flowers and John Page, Village of Hope, People's Institute, you know, Black yeah. and Black Crime Prevention Coalition, White King, everybody, you know, just kind of, yeah. you know, just it just been kind of nonstop. So it's like and really what it is is like when my brother died, I saw so much talent went to waste. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so it's like I didn't really want that to continue, continue yeah. to happen. So trying to work with these young folks. Um, and then to see in the voids, as I started working with them, I saw where the voids were. And then you look at like you pulling a 10 uh, uh, progress reports. You're like, all oh, these guys are failing. Well, it's not their fault. It's the system's fault. We're really understanding exactly. what's really happening, uh, that the system's like you said, it's, it's a well-oiled machine. It's working the way it's mm-hmm. supposed to work, you know, and, then, yeah. and understanding like schools really childcare for working folks. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's not really about teaching you critical thinking or life skills no. or how to be successful or limited. It's really child care for working folks and it's preparing you to be a working folk. It's not, exactly. preparing, it's not preparing you to be a boss <laughs> or critical thinker no. or owner. It's preparing you. If you look at the structure of school, it's two hours recess, two hours lunch, two hours recess. Most yeah. work schedules are very slimmer. Two hours break, mm. two hours lunch, two hours break. So yeah. once I started really understanding that stuff, really trying to, you know, being able to navigate, and that's how I got really into it. That was a tragic situation that happened to me. That, you know, kind of side sidetracked me for a minute. And then, you know, it just kind of I got exposed to more and more people. But I also am a strong believer. Like you said, everything happens for a reason. Yes. You know what I'm saying? So trying yep. to make the best of that situation. And when you're going yep. through the storm and even now, like I don't really know the reason, but, you know, it's, mm-hmm. I'm trying to make it 
Yeah. So, you know, that's the fuel to my fire. So it's like in me, in me, not on me. You know what I mean? Yeah, indeed. <laughs> so yeah, that's that, that's uh, a little bit. I think as we spend time with each other and build relationships, we'll be able to learn a lot more about each other and most of and, and grow and, and share and, and and do some impactful work for sure. So that's yep. that's that's the outcome of having relationships. Is yeah, I'm on it. Let's do it. You know. All right. Well, beyond the the meal and the walk, I have something I want to offer you and all the brothers that build. There's a, a free uh, assessment that I do. It's called the Welcome to the Jungle Jungle Behavior Assessment. Now it's actually a DISC assessment, uh, which stands for the four behavior types, dominant behavior types. And we lay this Welcome to the Jungle model over it. Uh, it takes about 15, 20 minutes to go through it. And then uh, there's about a 45 minute to an hour debrief that goes along with it. I want to offer that to you and, and everybody at Bill who would like to take it at no cost. Uh, 22 pages of information, uh, you know, best work environment, what motivates you, uh, your strengths, your areas of improvement. It's a full comprehensive uh, assessment that I think, uh, you know, so any, and anybody that uh, you feel that could benefit from it, let them know it's a free assessment. All right, that's what's up. I'm gonna tap in on that. I need to know. I need to know all that stuff so I can yeah, be, trust be, more, me. be more oiled. Yeah. yeah, I call it my user's manual or user's guide. You know, we don't come with that. So yeah, this really helps. Yeah, yeah. All right, brother. Well, we appreciate your time. Like I said, I'm gonna tap in with you once we wrap this up so we can lock down a time to get together. Sounds good. Because that, that's the biggest priority in this work is getting to know each other, building those relationships. That's the, the, the pilar. So we appreciate yep. your time, man. I will be tapped in with you very soon. Okay. Thank you again for having me. It's been an honor, man. Appreciate it. All, right. All right. Peace. Peace. So once again, this is Dre with Bill 206, Bill 206 Media. As you saw, this brother's doing amazing work in the community. The other shows that we got, you know, in this series, The Collective Network, it shows the, the resiliency of the black community. We got a lot of stuff going on. So make sure that you guys stay tapped in, you know, hit these guys up for resources. And if you guys have resources out there, reach out to us, bill206.com, bill206 at gmail.com. All right, y'all. Peace.